Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of 20s and Abroad. Today, me, Gerda, will be your host and the person I'll be interviewing today will be Katie. Hi, Katie, how are you? Hi, I'm doing really well. I'm really glad to be on the podcast today. Oh, we're super excited to have you here. Uh, do you mind telling us where are you right now? Yeah, so at the moment I'm based in Ireland um, and I've been here for about six months or so, um, oh. but I'm originally from the UK. Where exactly you're uh, located? Like, where, where, what was your childhood? Maybe tell us a little bit about that and how many languages you speak. Um, yes, about that. So, yeah, like I said, I grew up um, in the UK, in the like, very, very south of England. Um, I only speak English, unfortunately, as is common with um, too many English people. Um, but it's... Mm-hmm. Yeah, allowed me to travel without any complications. So um, I'm very, very lucky for that. Mm-hmm. And uh, do you, uh, sorry, it might be a little bit inappropriate question, but how old are you right now? I'm 27. And yeah, it's not inappropriate. Well. <laughs> <laughs> In my country, it's like very, um, un- how to say even, not correct to ask women mm-hmm. how old they are. But yeah, that's why I just want to make sure. But 27, okay, you're very young. So, uh, um, do you want to tell us a little bit about your education and uh, your traveling experience? Yeah, sure. So I grew up quite a smart kid, especially for my family. So it was kind of always just presumed that I would go to university, um, which I did. So I studied in London um, for three years at university, studying a subject called actuarial science, which um, is a quite specific area of statistics and mathematics um, and mm-hmm. I I found it really really stressful it was very difficult um, and yeah so after that I definitely wanted to go traveling and I've kind of had it in my mind already that I would go traveling once I graduated um, yeah so my first kind of big adventure was after I graduated university. Mm-hmm. And uh, what was your first trip if you recall? So my very, very first trip abroad was when I was, I think, maybe five, five or six. Um, It was a family holiday to Tunisia. Um, And we were there for like a long time, like maybe even a month or something. My mom got this really good deal. She found it back when like the travel agent shops were still very popular (laughs) saw it in the window like this amazing deal that was um designed mainly for older people who are retired to kind of spend the winter in a hot country um Mm -hmm. but yeah my mom decided to take me and my brother who was a couple of years younger than me there I think it was for maybe four weeks or five weeks something like that took Mm -hmm. us out of school and we were like doing our lessons on the beach that the teachers teachers had given us um and okay. yeah I have really really good memories of that for sure oh that's amazing and like after graduating from the school or do you where did you go yeah yeah so after I graduated I went to Southeast Asia on that kind of classic um gap year kind of a trip um so I spent about four months in um like Thailand, Cambodia, Vietnam, Laos. Wow. Um, I also 
did a quick hop over to Japan actually during that trip to meet my boyfriend. Mm -hmm. He stayed back in England whilst I went traveling and we kind of made the deal that we would meet kind of halfway in Japan so that we wouldn't be too long apart. Wow, that's insane. I mean, you've traveled quite a lot. What is like the best experience you can recall from those uh, traveling times, like when you traveled, especially to Asia? Because I recently, funny, but I have had so many people that has traveled there and everybody has different experiences. So maybe you want to tell us a little bit about that. Maybe something fun happened or unexpected. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so from that kind of Southeast Asia trip, um, I think my favorite country was Vietnam. Um, yeah, it, it was really a great country. Um, I had one kind of unexpected incident that turned out, yeah, to be quite quite a good thing, I guess, in the end. But um, I was taking a night bus, a really long night bus, um, with somebody I had I had met so we've been traveling together for maybe a week or something by this time mm -hmm. um, and then in the middle of the night I think the bus crashed or there was some kind of problem and we just were stopped at the side of the road for hours and it was like so yeah it was still dark and it was the middle of the night so everyone just kind of went back to sleep but then in the morning we kind of all woke up and were like okay we're still in the same spot like nothing's happening the drivers aren't telling yeah. us what's going on and people started to get a bit panicky because we were on like a busy road but we were kind of in the middle of nowhere um mm -hmm. so yeah the girl I was traveling with she was maybe a bit more adventurous than I was and she was saying oh well just try and hitchhike like to, to where <laughs> we're going and it was still like when we looked on the map, we were still like many hours away from the destination that we were supposed to be going to. And I was like, it's never going to work. So yeah, we tried it. We walked kind of away from the, like got our stuff off the bus and walked a bit up this kind of busy road, stuck our thumb out and like the first car that passed by stopped and picked us up, mm -hmm. um, which was a real surprise. And yeah, the, these two guys didn't speak great English, like two Vietnamese guys. Um, so we were just, yeah, in the back of the car for a couple of hours using kind of Google Translate to communicate with each other. And that was like a really, yeah, unexpected, but really kind of nice and mm -hmm. um, to what could have been something very stressful. So that was really nice. Oh, wow. I mean, I would be very scared, honestly. So you were very tough in that position. But when you said like they don't speak good English, I um, recall when I had uh, met some Vietnamese people in America, um, and learn more about their culture. Um, I also realized that people who speak Vietnamese, actually for them to learn English, it's almost impossible. It's like their tongue just simply can't really adapt to the language. And it's like, it, even like people who learn languages, they just, they have told me so many times, it's a, it's a, a little bit of burden when you talk to them because uh, yes, I just feel so sad sometimes for them. <laughs> because it's just a very big challenge for them to learn the English. Yeah, but, definitely. So actually, when I was in Vietnam, I did actually spend two weeks volunteering at an English language school, mm -hmm. um, which was a great experience. But yeah, the definitely the difficulty in pronunciation, especially mm -hmm. um, for Vietnamese people, it, it's something really tricky. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, the teachers, <laughs> the local Vietnamese teachers, at the school like they spoke really good English like grammar wise and everything but um mm -hmm. 
the pronunciation was just very uh, different. So when I was mm -hmm. trying to kind of speak with a like British accent to the kids, they were like, oh, no, no, uh, maybe you can uh, say it more like we say it because uh -huh. otherwise they won't understand. Yeah. And I was like, isn't the whole point of me being here that they get used to an actual like English accent? Yeah. So it was a bit funny. But yeah, I, I do think they have some difficulties with it. That's, yeah, that's very true. But I still have a biggest respect for them because it's, yeah, it must be a challenge. But um, uh, is there anything, like one of the biggest maybe lessons you learned when you were in Vietnam? Uh, yeah, I'm getting on. Um, or like some something that you really truly maybe learn from them, either their culture or maybe about yourself, something new that happened there. Yeah, I guess that kind of, especially those two weeks spent at the language school, I was living with the, like in the family home of the owner of the school. So yeah, I, I definitely got a bit of an insight into like the culture a bit more than maybe some travelers would. And yeah, it was like a really, really nice atmosphere there. It was the, yeah, the owner of the school lived there with his wife and his child, but also his mother. And yeah, it, it was really nice because that's not that common mm -hmm. um, in kind of English culture to have mm -hmm. you know those kind of three generations living together um yeah. like you know like like forever it's not it wasn't like a temporary situation or anything like that's just the structure of the families over there often um yeah and they that's... often had uh, like teachers over for dinner and like there was a lot of like big dinners in this like big kitchen um mm -hmm. and like after after it was done like everyone would kind of or, well, not everyone, all the women <laughs> would mm -hmm. clean up after, like, even the guests and everything. It would be, like, a real team job to clean the dishes and put things away and clean the food. And, mm -hmm. yeah, that was that was really nice. It was definitely, like, a much bigger community spirit um, there than what I would be used to at home. Yeah, well, that's nice. That's definitely awesome. And you definitely met a lot of new people. Is there anything you regret not doing while being there? Yeah, so I was there on like a one month, like visa free, like tourist kind of a period. Mm -hmm. um, and I spent the two weeks volunteering. So I really only had two weeks actually traveling. So I definitely didn't get to see as much of the country as I would have liked. Um, so I mainly traveled in the north and then, uh, no, sorry, I mainly traveled in the south and then the north. I just visited Sapa and then went to volunteer mm -hmm. with um, the language school. So I didn't see like Halong Bay, which is like one of the most famous um, destinations mm -hmm. in Vietnam. So I think I'll definitely be back at some point and kind of explore the north a bit more. Um, and like mm -hmm. I've met a lot of people since I kind of left there that have traveled to Vietnam and like, like motorbiked around um, and said it was like amazing. And then you can kind of get a bit more, um, yeah, into the countryside and stuff. And yeah, I would love to do that. Mm -hmm. And the, when it comes to um, finances, because that's like not only to Vietnam, but also to these other countries you visited. Uh, how did you manage your finances? Maybe there's some tips and tricks you can tell us. So 
other people uh, in the, uh, this age maybe can save money or like maybe gain like even like start working somewhere and you know side, do some side hustles or how did you manage that yeah so I guess I'm in a somewhat privileged position because um the way that the student finances worked for me um back when I was studying and it might have changed now I'm not sure but because I was from a low-income family I got a lot of support from the government um to cover the costs of living whilst I was studying so I got some uh loans which I need to pay back and some <laughs> grants as well and because I'm just really good at saving I managed to actually save money from the money that I was given by the government through the loans and the grants um mm -hmm. it's definitely not the case <laughs> for most people so I can't give any kind of necessarily tips um on like how to get money um through, through side hustles necessarily but um yeah I just I just really saved I have always been good at that my mom is really good at that and she kind of taught me so I what like the whole time when I was studying like I was really strict about what I was spending mm -hmm. uh, so for example like I would never take the bus into university even when I was um living about 40 minutes away I was walking to and from uni most days unless the weather was like so bad that it just you know wasn't really convenient at all um I wouldn't buy uh, like restaurant food hardly ever I never bought myself takeaways I was like making all my own meals preparing lunch and bringing it to uni so that I yeah I didn't have to buy expensive food while I was on campus or anything like that mm -hmm. so like yeah really kind of living as cheaply as possible whilst also kind of like going out like drinking like especially my first year I was definitely doing that a lot but was also like quite smart with it or as smart as I could be and was making sure like pre-drinking before I went out and I would normally take a plastic bottle of like alcohol like vodka and coke or something and <laughs> yeah. had it in my bag on the bus and I was drinking kind of all the way to the club so that I wouldn't have to spend as much money while I was there because London club prices are expensive that's constant um, yeah <laughs> so stuff like that and um during the summers I I worked so I worked one year in the summer um like babysitting to earn some extra money and mm -hmm. there was a lot of jobs um kind of through the university that I like temporary jobs that I did as well so for me like my second year I found out that there were jobs going for like the freshers week or like the kind of intro week for the um new first year students to kind of you know get them sorted um so I was like working during that week as like kind of uh I don't know someone to just kind of be around and like direct students to the right places so they didn't get lost and kind of be available for them to ask questions and I was giving out like the student IDs one day stuff like that so mm -hmm. any kind of temporary job like that around like directly employed by the university I I tried to do those because those were like really well paid um, mm -hmm. so yeah if you're studying you can keep an eye out if there's any jobs like that going because you can earn some quite good money in a short time without it like affecting your studies that's very true yeah thank you for sharing that because I think that's very important especially if you're a student and you're trying to make money and you, you want to make money somehow that's a, a good 
a good uh, way how to do that. And uh, when exactly did you graduate? Uh, so I graduated in the summer of 2016. Uh-huh. And st- for, since then, you kind of have been traveling and trying to uh, find yourself or like how, how, is, uh, how is that doing? Or like what exactly you're currently doing uh, after you graduated? Yeah, so after I graduated, I kind of went on that kind of four-month trip and then I came back to London and was working in digital marketing for like nearly three years. Mm-hmm. I kind of fell into that job and just, yeah, just kind of kind of found it and, and went for it because I didn't want to do anything as complicated maths-wise as what I studied. <laughs> My studies have kind of put me off that and put me off the finance world um, completely. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I found that some digital marketing jobs have some kind of a maths-related thing in them, uh, which, which there kind of was, I guess. But, um, yeah, after three years, I was definitely done with that. Um, the company was lovely and the people were lovely, but the actual work, I wasn't enjoying it at all. Um, and mm-hmm. I had broken up with my boyfriend uh, maybe... I don't know, after I'd been working for, say, maybe two and a half years or so, mm-hmm. um, which was which was a really good thing for me. Um, it wasn't a very healthy relationship in the end. Um, so it was kind of the right time after breaking up with him. I kind of spent the summer enjoying London, like, to the fullest and seeing my friends, like, as much as possible and having a fun time, um, but knew I needed to kind of quit the job. And, again, I've always had in my mind that if I were to change jobs, I would take that kind of opportunity of freedom to do some more long-term traveling so yeah, that's what I did um in the in January of 2020 I took a one-way flight to India and yeah kind of had no plans exactly but India is somewhere I'd wanted to visit for a long long time but was always a little bit scared to go on my own um but yeah at that point I was done waiting to find someone to come with me and just was like I'm just gonna go <laughs> and um oh I love yeah. that wow and how did that go I to me the same thing India is like one of the, my main I think you can find yourself there at least it feels that way but tell tell me your experience how was it yeah so I'm sure yeah maybe you haven't worked out the timelines but that was about yes two or three months before COVID kind of blew up across the world and all the lockdown started happening. So I had about two and a half, nearly three months of actually traveling in India, which was amazing. Um, I think it's become, yeah, it's definitely become one of those places where people go to like find themselves because of the kind of spiritual mm-hmm. um, aspects of the culture over there. Um, and I think it definitely can be a place to find yourself. Um, but yeah for me I didn't really I I enjoyed my time there a lot I learned a lot about myself but I didn't come away from India with any concrete conclusions about what I should be doing with my life Mm -hmm. um but yeah it was amazing and I would say if you're kind of if you know some kind of rules for yourself and you plan a little bit and research a lot and look up tips and kind of go to the right places in India I'd say it can be somewhere you can go as a woman on your own 
mm. and feel reasonably safe and feel reasonably comfortable um yeah I would recommend I would recommend women to be able to go there on their own as long as you actually feel confident if you turn up on your own and you're not confident and you're like still very worried mm-hmm. I would say you might have a bit of a bad time because it is intense at times and it can be a bit intimidating at times but if you kind of like me like I just did loads of research I knew where I wanted to start I knew that that the area that I started in um Kerala in the in the south of India was mm-hmm. maybe like a good place to start because it's like one of the most educated um areas in India it's um a bit more laid back it's not as heavily um kind of I don't know religious or mm-hmm. um like oppressive towards women in that state compared to like the very far north for example um so like by the time that I arrived I was like a bit kind of nervous but I was mainly just excited and I kind of got into a place where I was like well I'm going on my own I'll just yeah just do it rather than being like oh have I made the right decision I was like very confident actually by the time that I'd gone there mm-hmm. wow I mean that's actually super super cool um and you were like 25 at that time correct yeah 20 yeah that's it's super super motivational I would say that and when it comes to your current uh I don't even know how should I say that um so since I looked into your Instagram and I saw you're trying to empower women and you're trying to like help them in some ways is that also some sort of like calling for life or like uh, how would you explain that uh since i like checked some of your social media and i thought it was very awesome what you did there maybe you want to give a little bit of a uh yeah detail on that yeah sure so like i said the kind of time spent in india was good for me in so many ways and i had an amazing time but I didn't kind of come away with like this is what I'm going to do with my life now um and actually I was in lockdown there for about four months and then met my current boyfriend actually whilst I was in lockdown in the same hotel as him um and we actually went cycling around Europe for like a well I guess about a year kind of cycling Mm -hmm. around and doing some volunteering Um, I didn't mention it yet, but all the volunteering I've done abroad is through workaway.info, which I definitely recommend any of the listeners to kind of check out. It's it's amazing. Um, yeah, so it, it was after India, like another year of kind of bouncing around and learning a lot about myself, learning what I liked, what I didn't like, um, became much more like a country girl rather than a city girl after like living in London for like six years. Mm-hmm. Um, but by the time that I came back, um home eventually like 18 months after I left um I came back to my mom and she was like so now you're back like are you gonna get a real job again like you know are you gonna start real life again and I was like I don't know I still don't know um and she we were having a conversation and she just kind of briefly kind of mentioned like oh maybe you'd be like good as a therapist mm-hmm. and I was like eh I guess I, I'm very empathetic and I definitely like helping people and I like yeah I really like that kind of stuff um but but because I'm so empathetic I really thought that being like a therapist and dealing with 
people who have like serious trauma in their lives or you know they've got some serious stuff going on that it might be just too overwhelming for me mm-hmm. um but I started looking into it and kind of came across life coaching as a career um mm-hmm. and started getting really interested in it and thought you know what this is actually something I think I'll be good at and something that I would feel good doing um so I took an online course um in life coaching and I loved it I learned a lot about myself um even more <laughs> even more about myself mm-hmm. um through the process of doing just the course because it kind of takes you through the process um of what you'll be doing with clients and figuring out your values and what's important to you and all, all that stuff um mm-hmm. and yeah so now I'm trying to give that a go and I've been kind of working on getting a business set up for a, quite a few months now and um trying to figure out like what my niche is because that's like a yeah definitely recommended if you're going into life coaching to kind of find a particular kind of segment of people that you're really passionate about helping and that you have maybe some personal experiences in Mm -hmm. so yeah now I I've kind of really settled in on this um on this area of helping women kind of going through a quarter life crisis um, because I think I've been through like one big crisis and maybe like one mini crisis um, throughout my 20s. So when I came back from traveling in Southeast Asia and I started working that digital marketing job, after a few months, I was really, really feeling lost in life. I was like enjoying the job reasonably at that point because I was like learning a lot and it was a new environment and it was kind of still interesting but I knew that it wasn't what I wanted to do forever and I'd kind of fallen into it and my plan had always been to like get a really fancy you know maybe finance job or something in that realm because I was always kind of doing well in maths Mm -hmm. and I felt like a bit of a disappointment to my family that because they had pushed me especially like my mom and my grandparents they'd really kind of pushed the idea that getting a really well-paid job was going to kind of set me up for happiness in life Mm -hmm. but throughout my studies I've really realized that yeah maybe I could possibly earn a lot of money if I went into finance for example but I know that I won't be happy I just really really knew that I wasn't going to be happy it was going to be too stressful I didn't feel like I fit in with the kind of people that I was in university with that wanted that kind of thing and yeah and just yeah I just knew I didn't want it but then I didn't know what I did want and that was really confusing and stressful and yeah I definitely went through a course life crisis at that time and then by the time that I was traveling again in India um I wouldn't say it was like a full-blown crisis but it was kind of a mini (laughs) crisis of like what am I actually going to do with the rest of my life um I kind of was young free and single um with like no responsibilities no boyfriend no job I was just traveling but Mm -hmm. yeah I still had no idea what I was going to do so it was again a lot of questions about that um it wasn't so much like a desperation or like a real crisis feeling anymore but it was definitely a time of of questioning (laughs) what I was going to do and what my life was going to be like um but yeah that's why I'm really passionate about that yeah, but that's such a beautiful story, I would say. And and the, this is also super valuable information for everybody. You know, I think a lot of people struggle 
uh, with their mental health in 20s, especially in their 20s. So, um, um, you know, maybe also somebody just who listens to this episode, you know, might reach out to you since you have this, you know, sort of experience. And then the, that's very good. And I think since we are kind of slowly going to wrap this up, I have two um, questions I really want to ask you. What, the first one is, what is like your main destination this year? Or if you're looking forward to something that you really want to see? Yeah, so like I said, I'm in Ireland now. Um, at the moment, I've been here for about six months. And honestly, I'm just excited to explore more of Ireland. I, with my current boyfriend, we have like a tiny mini camper van. Um, oh, nice. And we've already been going on quite a few weekend trips and we've seen a lot of uh, a lot of island already and it's like it never disappoints it's just yeah it's just amazing and I really had no expectations when I came here of traveling I was much more in the mindset of like I've done my traveling I want to settle down but um yeah as the weather gets warmer and we kind of head into summer I'm just really excited to kind of explore more of island I think this year mm-hmm. well that's very nice uh especially about the campfire I think that's super cool yeah um, and uh, last one, what is like your biggest takeaway from traveling abroad? Uh, it's a kind of tough question, I would say. There are probably just a lot of things you could say and mention. And, mm. uh, but yeah, but maybe something that truly stood out. Yeah, I, I think what I'll share is something that maybe people don't necessarily always talk about and something that might be quite quite helpful for um, any listeners. Mm-hmm. Uh I think sometimes you hear people who haven't traveled say like oh you're going away to find yourself oh yeah yeah (laughs) blah 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 whatever um you're just escaping kind of reality and escaping real life you know um and I think as someone who's always loved traveling I always really dismissed that and was like they don't understand they don't know me blah 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 um but I think when I came back um, after those kind of 18 months traveling in India and then cycling in Europe and I came, yeah, I came back and I saw my family again and I saw my friends again and I was back around my like hometown area and went to visit London again and I, it did kind of hit me that maybe, and, and especially then when I was doing that life coaching course very soon after I arrived back, mm-hmm it did hit me that actually maybe I had been using travel as some kind of escape from real life and that maybe if I had been happier at home like if I'd have been happier in my childhood in like my hometown area if um, I had felt more satisfied with my life when I was in London maybe I maybe I wouldn't have had such a strong desire to do as much long-term travel and long-term travel is amazing and I and travel in general is amazing and I would recommend it to anyone especially if you're feeling uncertain about what you want from life I do still recommend it but Mm -hmm. a warning is that when you eventually come home the problems that you had or like you know the problems with your family or the difficulties you had in whatever kind of areas of your life um they're probably still going to be there when you get back, unfortunately. And you'll still have to deal with them eventually. Yes. Well, that's actually one of the coolest things I've heard. <laughs> well, every single time I ask this question to people, I get different uh, 
um, answers and this was definitely the different the, the most different one I've yeah. ever heard and it's probably the coolest one as well because uh, that's very true exactly and I've been doing the same thing I've been traveling all over the place and you know sometimes reality hits and you're like okay mm-hmm. I guess I just have to go back and figure things out but yeah. you so much it's it's actually very nice to hear that at this young of age you've been already traveling and the travel to a lot of places and uh, um, thank you so so much for participating in this and I'm wishing you all the best in, in the, when it comes to your goals and dreams in your 2022 <laughs> yeah it's year 2022 yeah. and um, it was a blast having you here so um, who knows we might meet again and might, might in, invite you to another episode so um, big thanks to you again yeah thank you so much for having me on it's been a it's been a really nice chat and yeah definitely invite me back on if uh, if you want and to any listeners if you are going through any kind of quarter life crisis or anything like that um definitely definitely reach out to me I'm sure the kind of links might be in the description or something but um mm-hmm. yes yeah definitely anyone can get in touch um I'd, I'd love to speak to anyone out there Thank you so much. Yes, we're going to definitely list all these things down. And we hope you'll have a beautiful day today. And uh, we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.